Good evening, Faith Church. Good to be with you today. Luke chapter 22. Uh, we'll begin our uh, our thought, our message, our challenge for tonight there in Luke chapter 22. I've had an interesting couple of days. I've um, uh, the last 15 days or so, I've coming down with like a, a eye infection, and I had to wear my glasses. And even last week at the Mother's Day drive-through, a lot of you guys saw me with my glasses on. Well, uh, they're um, just to give you background, like I usually wear hard contacts and, and, and my doctor told me to get off of them. So I had to wear them for 10 days and I'm not used to wearing my glasses consistently and, uh, never have I wore glasses longer than a day, uh, all my life. But uh, I did the last t- t- 10 days and, uh, some of you guys are very gracious to say, Oh, you really, you look nice in glasses. And, and, um, if you saw those glasses, they're as, as thick as, as the walls of my office. And, uh, our pastor, Brother Christian, you know, he's a very nice guy. He, he didn't say anything mean to me about it. I'm, I'm being facetious because he gave me a hard time about my glasses. I learned a lot of things during that time, uh, having my glasses. Um, I knew that it is very important, uh, uh, to see far away. <laughs> I'm driving and I can see pretty good at a, at a nearby, but from a distance, it was getting really hard to see. And, and now you, you just see makeup, you know, you kind of make up like shadows and objects and, and, um, you know, cars as, as long as I just didn't miss a, I mean, hit a car, I was okay. Um, but, um, I realized the importance of, of, of never losing your ability to see down the road. Uh, to see ahead. And as a church, I, my challenge to you is simply that, um, is, is as a church, let's not lose our ability to lose sight of ministry, of impact down the road. Uh, Loretta Fix said, uh, made this statement. She said, I, I believe that the church as a whole, um, was not prepared for the millennial generation. And we see so many millennials fall away from the faith and not to say it was a church's fault, but the church uh, really wasn't prepared to minister to, to that generation. I think about the verse in Judges 2.10 uh, that the Bible says that there came a generation that knew not God. And um, my, my hope and my worry today, church, is this, is that sometimes in church we get so focused on the, the now and the here that we don't prepare for the there. And um, I want to challenge us today. How can we, how can we um, get the job done, not just now, but later? And I think in Luke chapter 22, we're going to dive into these verses. Verse 24, the Bible says here, they just had the last supper. Jesus had just washed the disciples' feet. They just had a, uh, broken the bread, drinking uh, the grape juice. And, 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 and Jesus goes on here and, and, and it could have been some time, a short time or a long time. It really is irrelevant compared to what we're going to talk about today. But there's a little strife between the disciples. And I know, you know, in, in church culture, there's never strife. There's never fights. Uh, I'm being facetious there, but. The disciples here, verse 24, says, And there was also strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. Uh, the disciples are sitting around saying, Hey, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest? No, I can see uh, John saying, well, I'm the favorite. You know, I'm going to be, I, there's, that's a no-brainer. Uh, Jesus took me uh, and, and, and Simon Peter and, 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 you know, my other brother, and, and we're just, we're the favorites, right? No, and, and 
Jesus comes back and man, he really just, uh, there's a term that I learned out here uh, when I moved out here, uh, is that he ripped their faces off. He, he really showed them up like, you know, hey guys, that's very silly of you, um, debating this stuff. And he says this, verse 24, and he said unto them, the king of the Gentiles, the Gentile, the Gentile nation, the heathen nation exercises lordship over them. Basically, basically saying that the, the heathen nation, they have this, this thought process that, hey, that, that the people that have the most power are the greatest, are the greatest of all time, are, that's how they work. It's how to get on top, how to, how to achieve the highest level of recognition, the position. And those are the people that are the greatest. But Jesus said, you know what? Not in my kingdom. He says this, and they, and they exercise authority upon them and are called benefactors or masters. But verse 26 says this, but you shall not be so. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You mean, Jesus, we're not going to follow the same train of thought? He said, but he that is greatest among you, let him be the younger, the younger of age. Uh, maybe that was very counterculture to that time that, the people that were younger had to put in their time to achieve greatness. But no, Jesus is saying here, it could be the younger that is, and the he that is chief and that as he that does serve. Interesting, interesting word right there, serve. Verse 27 says, and whether, uh, and whether is greater he that sitteth on the meat at meat or he that sitteth to service. So he's saying here, now you tell me this, disciples, is it better? Who's greater? The one, the master at the party that is being served or the people actually serving? I, if I, and if I was there, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, Jesus, why don't you tell me? You know, cause I don't want to, you know, have that moment of, of, of opening my mouth and putting my foot in my mouth before the Lord speaks. And I, maybe that's what the, the, the disciples did here. And so he said, this is not he that sitteth at me. Jesus says, is it not the person that sitteth and is served this, this fabulous meal? Uh, isn't that person the greatest? I can see the disciples probably looking around being, uh, I don't know. But Jesus says this as it wraps up verse 27. He says, but I am among you as he that serves. Service. In the King James, that he continually did that. Jesus opened their eyes and said, hey, guys, my kingdom's just a bit different than the kingdom of the heathens. I came here to serve you. I came here, and then three and a half years that he came and started his ministry, Jesus, Jesus changed the whole world by his example of service to us. He served us on the cross. He came here to fulfill the God's will to die on the cross for our sins, that through that sacrifice and through that act of service, that we're able to have eternal life by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. That is, that is service. That is his kingdom. Verse 28, let's, let's wrap it up here. And ye that, you are they which continue with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He said this. He said, I came to serve you and I'm asking you, I'm asking you to do the same. I'm asking you to, to, to consider looking down the road. 
Jesus says here, you, he said, you, you have persevered through my temptations and struggles and persecutions up to this point. And now I want you to go further, but without me. But, but this time without me, I, what's going to get you to the point where you need to go, you need to not forget to serve. So my question to you today, church, is this. Is Faith Church going to be around to spiritually serve the next generation? Is Faith Church going to, is Faith Church going to be in the business of serving the next generation? Not impressing the next generation. Not saying, hey, look at us. Look how big our church was. Look, look at our, our high standards. Look at other things we did. Look how faithful we were. Look how hard we worked. But to impact them by our service. You see, here's the bottom line. And I'm, I'm, I'm a youth pastor. I'm a student pastor. I have a, a healthy love and respect and a passion for the next generation. And I just want to tell you this, church. There is a large disconnect from the church and Gen Z, Generation Z, characteristics are in the information age and, and, and being very anxious and worried because they don't even know if they're safe to go to the movies and be safe anymore. We live in that culture. They have technology. They, 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 they text everything, but little did you, but, but, but little do we know that they prefer a face to face conversation. They're open to, uh, 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 to, to, to personal relationship. And there's an open door for us as a church to minister to Generation Z, not only Generation Z, but the generations before that, and, and, to, and to impact them, not impress them. Because that's, they see through that. But I believe here, I'm going to give you two things tonight, and we'll be done, and you can continue to... Um, do what you need at home. I just been chasing my kids around. So it's, it's, it's a challenge every night just to sit them down so they can hear the word and, and, but it's been good. It, it, I've enjoyed worshiping with my family together and spending time with them. But I ask you this church tonight. In order for us to see down the road, we got to focus on couple of things. One thing is through the word of God is this, that we must focus on impact rather than impressing. Verse 27 said this, he says, for whether is greater, who is greater, him that sitteth at, at me, the chief of the party, or he that serves, is not it he that sitteth at me. Man, it, Jesus is really just here saying, man, guys, all around us, look at us. Uh, think about all the, the Pharisees as he's ministering through the, the New Testament. We see Jesus, how he describes how the Pharisees would go and pray in public and give offerings and do everything so public and, and, and have the focus shifted on me. And then I, I love the parable of, uh, of, uh, or the story of the wedding when Jesus says, Hey, when you go to a party, don't go and, and sit at the, at the high seat but go and be focused on the low seat and and don't be don't don't come to the to the place of honor unless you're invited because what happens was you're going to expect honor but humiliation will be the outcome you know sometimes guys when uh, we, we 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 puff ourselves up we 
we find out that in life and even uh, finds, a, finds a way to humble us back down. And that's why Jesus' word says, for him that exalts himself shall, uh, uh, shall be abased. But he that is abased shall be exalted. And Jesus wanted us to impact people this way. He wanted us to impact rather than impress. Matthew 20, 28 said, the son of man came to serve, but not to be served. First Peter 4.10, the Bible says, uh, Simon Peter here saying that, hey, that we must use our gifts to serve one another. So how do we connect the disconnected? We serve them. I would like to consider myself a young guy and working, uh, ministering to Generation Z. And, and as you don't know, I think Generation Z ends almost like a kindergarten age. So there's a new generation coming. But, well, if, if the Bible holds true, that we are still going to have an ability to impact them. No matter what arises next, no matter what challenges for the next generation comes, that the church has an obligation and, and a duty to impact lives, not impress. So how do you do that? Well, first of all, I believe impressing happens from a distance. We love to impress. I think in our culture, we love to impress. We like to have the big show, right? And we like to see people, people from a distance like this. We want, we want the recognition. They want to see us from afar and be like, oh yeah, man, that's impressive. But to impact happens from a close distance. I believe that's what Jesus wants. I believe Jesus impacted the lives of the disciples because he was close. He lived that life on life culture. Guys, I'll tell you this. This pandemic for some people has been very hard and I'm, I'm sorry and, and I, I feel for them. And, um, but also this pandemic has been very revolutionary for some folks, me included. Man, I'm telling you, I, 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 uh, I, I, I was, you know, we get caught up so fast of running so hard and, and, and trying to work on the bigger and best idea to be able to impress people and to be able to let people know that, hey, you're a hard worker and you're very creative and you're doing this and you're doing that, but guess, and then the pandemic happens and man, wow, we're all on the, we're all on the same playing field. And I realized a lot of things that, you know, there are some things in my life that I thought were essential that are really not. I'm thankful that, uh, that during this pandemic, I realized that I have some fantastic neighbors that, I, that the Lord put in my life that I'd be able to, to impact and to, and to love and to serve that I never had before after living in Goldsboro for many years. I've realized that the beauty of my role as a student pastor to be able to not impress these young people, but impact them. Not by me, but like Peter says, by the gifts God's given me. I think I, I just get tired sometimes, church, I'll be honest with you, of the chatter in church. They'll say, no. All this wicked generation, all, all, all they're on their phones and, and they don't, you know, they're lazy and all this stuff. But guys, what are we doing to impact them? What are we doing to, to help them along the way to, 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 to keep them nearby that we can impact them? But no, we like to keep them from, uh, keep them at a distance. Well, that's not going to change lives. Church, if we want to, if we want to see down the road, we must, Impact rather than impress. 
Who cares if we have a big building? Who cares if we have a lot of vehicles? Who cares if we have a, a clean grounds? Man, I've known a lot of, uh, there, you, uh, size of the church does not equal, uh, 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 equal impact. It doesn't. Focus in the heart and the passion to pursue the heart of a lost world, of a disconnected world from Jesus. If we want to impact the next generation, if we want to continue to influence and to impact, we must see down the road. But also, we must accept rather than abandon. Jesus said uh, here as we're closing up in, in this little section is, 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 is you are, he said, you continued in my temptations. But verse 29 says, I appoint you, I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed me. He said, look, will you take the responsibility? Will you do the things that I've done the last three years? And when you do that while I'm, when I'm gone? Church, I'll tell you this, we need to accept the challenge, accept the will of God, which is not mystical, which is clear in Scripture, is to love God, to love people. Sadly, church, sometimes I feel like it's easier for us to abandon and just come to church and consume and complain and make things hard on the pastor for not fulfilling your dreams. Or your, our ability to, to seem like, to, to, to define what church should be. But instead of us partnering up with leadership and saying, hey, let's love God, love people. And whatever way we do that and however it looks, we're going to support it. That we may accept rather than abandon. There's a next generation coming and I hope that as a church, we don't abandon them. Like, like, like we have in past generations, not, not us. I'm just saying the church in general. May we accept the challenge. I want to close with this church. I've been, uh, I've been watching less TV since this whole thing. And this whole like documentary on, Michael Jordan came, and Michael Jordan's big out here. I mean, he was big when I was in, while I lived in California, but he's really big out here. Like, like, it's like, even Duke fans like Michael Jordan, which that's crazy. Like, I don't even know. I, I didn't think I would find any Duke fans that ex- approved of any Tar Heel players, but, but Michael Jordan broke that mold. Like, people, people like Michael Jordan. And it don't matter what team you root for in the triangle. But I was so excited just because it was like something, it was something new, you know. I, I've been, I've been, I, I, I've been keeping up with Michael Jordan and this whole thing, and and the whole this term is being used, the goat, the greatest of all time, and that's what people use today. I, I, I tell Brother Christian he's the goat. He says he's almost offended, like, why you call me a goat for? No, no, I'm saying like you're the goat, the greatest of all time. As you pastor, you've been there forever. You, 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 you have your way with teenagers, and he did a great job. And um, but y'all. I think the disciples here were using that type of language. Like, hey, I want to be the, I want to be the greatest of all time. And Jesus said, Jesus said, in order to be the greatest of all time, you must serve. And I want to point you to the, to the story before this happened. Remember, this is, this is late in the New Testament. 
the last supper had just happened. He just served. He just, he just wet the, ta- he, the uh, he, he, he went to the upper room and got, got on his knees, uh, got a towel, washed the disciples' feet. Even Judas, the person that would, that would betray Jesus, he washes her feet. He gets a towel, washes it in the basin probably, washes the dirty feet, shows the one of the, the strongest, one of the most passionate, one of the most powerful acts of service and washes the disciples' feet. And through that, and, and then, and then through, through, through that, through that time and that, and then we see the ordinance of, of the, the, the Lord's Supper. And Jesus, Jesus was trying to, 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 to help them remember, help them to never forget that, that greatness comes with sacrifice, with humiliation, probably. And what I want, what I, what I want to picture with this passage of scripture is, is this, is it could have been that while the disciples were arguing about who's going to be the goat, who's going to be the greatest of all time, that the towel was still pretty damp from when Jesus washed disciples' feet. And it just occurred to me, like, yeah, I want to I impact lives, but sometimes we want to impact lives, but still have, still impress, and still, and still have this reputation, like, hey, this person got it all together, and people want to be like him. But you know what? I believe Jesus was able to impact so many generations because, because, the towel remained wet and served. And, and how he washed the disciples' feet, which signified the service to him and, and faithfulness to, to the people, even the people that were going to betray him. Church, I ask you this. Is your towel, is it dry? Is it, is it, is it dirty? Is it, is it being used? Because it's a symbolism of service? Or do we, have we just thrown it away and abandoned our task to serve the people around us, to serve not only Generation Z, but Generation X and the boomers and everybody that's around right now, that we would come together and to fulfill the purpose to impact the lives around us, not impress. Will you... Bring it upon yourself today to ask the Lord to help you to live a life to impact. Live a life that Jesus lived. The Bible says he didn't even have a home. He didn't come here in gold and fancy garments. He came to get the job done by simply loving those around him. Will you see down the road Will you impact lives rather than impress? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thanks so much for our church. I miss them. I don't really necessarily miss the walls, the building, the structures of a church. I miss the people of our church. And I pray, Father, you'd please um, just continue to work in our hearts during this time. And may we not, our prayer not be back, not, not be let's get back to normal, but let's, let's be better than normal. May you help us, Lord, today. We love you in Christ's name. Amen.